Hello, language lovers, and welcome to yet another episode of Life in Another Language with your host, Spring Day. On this show, we have frank and fun talks about the joys and obstacles of studying, living, working, and loving in a second language, often in adult language, so this may not be appropriate for young ears. Hopefully, you can relate to the experiences we discuss, or if you're thinking about taking up a foreign language, studying or working abroad when it's safe to go back outside again in 2021, we hope, you can get an idea of what you might be in for. Now, as someone with an intimidating number of Japanese language textbooks that I want to squeeze every bit of use out of those crusty pages before I let them go, it's now time for... Random Japanese Idiom Corner! Today's random Japanese idiom is Mune o skareru, which means to be stunned, and literally means to get stabbed in the chest. The example sentence given in the textbook is Watashi ni taisuru totsuzen no hihan ni mune o skaremashita. I was stabbed in the chest by the sudden criticism of me. Who knew that land once full of samurai had such violent idioms? I have so many questions about this. Number one, how sharp is this criticism? Like, is it sharp like a mechanical pencil, or is it sharp more like an ice pick? I mean, I don't want to be judgy, but who am I kidding? I love to judge. But getting stabbed in the back would seem like a more appropriate way of being stunned than getting stabbed in the stomach. I mean, you should... Be able to see that coming. Even if you didn't expect someone coming toward you to stab you, your first thought after getting stabbed would probably be, I should have seen that coming. Mother never comes in for a hug unless she needs money, and I've told her no three times already, since she should go to Vegas this time with her own money. And that was the random Japanese idiom corner. Stop, 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 stop. You're embarrassing me. Stop. I said stop it. <sighs> That's much better. Now, so far, all of our guests have been comedians, but not today. Today, our guest is an award-winning Dodea foreign language teacher who has some fantastic insight on how foreign language is best learned. And she also shares a little bit about her path of becoming a foreign language teacher and what it was like to study abroad in Guatemala just after their civil war with guerrilla fighters as their Spanish teachers. I know, right? Wow. So I really hope you enjoy the talk as much as I did. Thanks for giving the show a chance. If you like what you're hearing, please, please, please wear a mask every time you go to a shop so you and other people can survive until the next episode. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us at Life in a Second Language. I'm Spring Day, and today is a very close friend of mine, an extraordinary instructor and Dodea Teacher of the Year in Japan, among many other things which she will tell you about. <laughs> and please welcome to the show... Cat Mint. Why, hello. Thank you for having me. I, I feel kind of honored. That was nice introduction. Thank you. Now, you are the Dodea teacher area. <laughs> right. So, Dodea is the, 
the Department of Defense Education Activity, and we are basically um, all, where there's military bases. Well, not every military base, U.S. military base, but a lot of them. Um, the, we have schools for the military members, students, their children to attend school. And so it's divided into different districts. And so in 2016, I was the Japan District Teacher of the Year, uh, which then meant I then, you know, went and submitted more paperwork to see about being the, the big poobah, but I was not quite cool enough to be the big poobah of all the teachers, but, you know, just, just Japan. So, okay, it's fine. That's still pretty <laughs> impressive. It was, it was really good. It, it was one of those things like, like as a teacher, cause I don't, I don't think that I was like the best teacher in Japan, but um, I think that I was, I was indicative of what the great characteristics they were looking for that year. So, okay. Yeah. It, it's a nice, it was a nice accolade to receive. And I got a tiara. You got a tiara. Do you still have it? Of course I do. What are you talking about? Like I pull it out <laughs> for special occasions all the time. Sometimes <laughs> just to teach a lesson because everyone takes you more seriously when you're wearing a tiara. And also you're the president of an association as well. I was, I was when I was teaching in the States, I was in Arkansas and I was the president of the foreign language teachers association, um, AFLTA. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did, we did the foreign language workshops for all of the students in Arkansas. They would compete in different events, language events. Um, and we also hosted workshops for teachers uh, to get a better understanding, you know, just to learn different techniques and things in foreign language. And also because often in, especially in, in schools in the rural United States, you will be the only foreign language teacher at that school. And so it gave an opportunity for those singletons to kind of come together with other people that do the same thing they do to get ideas and things like that. Um, and, and in that capacity, you know, I helped write the frameworks for foreign language education in Arkansas um, it, it, during that time, that was in 2008. So they've since updated, but, um, yeah, it was a really, I think it was probably as an educator, one of the more important things I did because it was helping teachers be better teachers. Oh, that's fantastic. And what was the range of languages? <laughs> so in Arkansas, we would have, we had German, Spanish, um, French, Latin, um, through distance ed, we had Japanese, uh, some of the distance ed were doing Chinese as well. Uh, so there's actually quite a range of foreign languages in Arkansas, mm-hmm. much more than you would think. What is your native language and what languages do you speak? <clears throat> My native language, so I grew up speaking English. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was younger, my grandpa used to watch a lot of Univision. It was a Spanish television show. I realized now it was because they had a lot more dancing girls and that was just something my grandpa enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) But then later he married um, a woman. So I was like 10 and he married my grandma, mi abuela, who was from a little village outside of Ensenada. And so I then have two aunts who, you know, that they had together. So Arendida and and, um, Alejandra. So that sort of was like, she would come over and I would hear Spanish Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, I wasn't speaking at that point. That was not, I was not to the speaking point of Spanish. I was just in the listening and processing in my head. And then after a while, you know, you, you start to pick up what words are and I would just answer in English. So, but that I didn't realize at the time, I didn't realize what that was doing is creating those pathways in my brain 
which then would allow for other languages to seep in. Yeah, I've met a lot of people whose parents or grandparents or aunt and uncle speak another language, and they themselves don't speak it, but they can they can understand everything being said to them. Right, you do. You definitely hear, like, because there, it's one of those things where that she didn't speak a whole lot of English, so mm-hmm. everything she was saying was usually in Spanish. Uh, but, you know, there's only, when somebody is holding a plate of food to you, there's mm-hmm. only so many things they were going to be asking you. <laughs> <laughs> you learn from that. Oh, okay. That those are the words that, and then, and in certain cases, you start to address. You'll say things in Spanish just because it makes things easier, right? Um, but for the most part, I was non. I was non-communicative in Spanish. Not until much later. Okay, but you learned through context. And yeah, my base. The basis was in context, and then later was study. But okay. Yeah. Did you ever consider studying any other foreign language or was it always going to be Spanish? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Okay. So in high school, um, I had to take two years of a foreign language. Uh, that was a graduation requirement to go to university. So I was like, okay, I'll just take Spanish. And my first year I failed it like mm-hmm. straight up F like F that right. got a lot of in trouble, got suspended because of that class. Then I took it again later and I had a different motivation because I was working at a restaurant and the cute bus boys spoke Spanish and I wanted to communicate with them. <laughs> so I had a much, I had a, a better motivator to communicate. Um, and then we moved, when we moved to Arkansas, the little school I went to didn't have a Spanish class. They only had French. So they put me from Spanish to French. No, those aren't even the same languages. They don't, <laughs> And then the teacher was, she was, she was just learning French herself and she had this Arkansas accent. So bonjour y'all, bonjour. <laughs> I'll never forget. She would make a say, Schwasser. And I'm like, Shh. and so I, I would say it like I thought a French person would sound like this. I was like, Schwasser? She's like, no, Schwasser. <laughs> Schwasser. So now, like, I have friends who are French speakers, and I'm always very reluctant to speak French to them because I'm like, I know that I'm going to sound like I'm an Arkansas hick. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. I'm going to do that. I've always wanted to watch Steel Magnolias in French. So. <laughs> that, was, that was high school. That was my, when I went to college, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this class, they had a guest speaker came in and he was saying that if you wanted to make sure you had a job, you had to be able to teach two different things, at least two different things. And so I had this little piece of paper and I wrote um, English and history. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, those are two things that I, I felt confident I could teach. And then he said, and make sure one of them is science, math, or foreign language. I had already tried being a math major. So I knew that was right out. <laughs> so I crossed out English and wrote, Spanish, because I thought, well, how hard could that be? Oh, good Lord. How hard could it be to just get a degree in Spanish? I mean, I know how to order. I can order quesadillas without chicken, without a problem. Surely it can't be more than that. It was a little bit more than that, I will say. But at the end of it, I, I, I but I do also remember, so I'm in, I'm a Spanish major. I go to the bookstore and they give me like, I'm taking the Hispanic novel. <laughs> All these books that are like in Spanish, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> like, um, aquapata, chocolate, whatever, you know, water for water, chocolate for water, water for chocolate, whatever it was. And I'm like, this isn't Spanish. And they're like, well, yeah, you're taking the Hispanic novel. I thought they would not be in Spanish. <laughs> Why did I think it would just be English novels? No. <laughs> in, Japanese literature majors, we didn't have to read anything in oh, Japanese. See, that's a bit of a cheat then. That's a bit of a cheat. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to say most French, if, French majors, if you're out there, you can support me on this. You probably had to read French books in French because we had to read and if you didn't, I'm going to be pissed and I'm writing a letter to my university. <laughs> because that was, that was some shit. Because, you know, I'm reading it and I'm like, it, it actually took me, it took a good bit for me to like get my head around the fact that instead of trying to like translate every sentence to just mm-hmm. read every sentence and, and trust the fact that I knew the vocabulary and how to do that. Like, What's a big step? Yeah, it, it's a big step, especially if you don't feel com- if you're not confident in that language and you still feel like you, I'm like, oh, I spent most I spent a good chunk of time in the university going, I really don't know why they keep why I keep getting through class to class. <laughs> like, I'm not very sure about this. But yeah, so you had to do that and then write papers mm-hmm. also in Spanish about <laughs> about said novel <laughs> um yeah so that was that was a big step but i will say that i never felt truly bilingual until i lived in guatemala and when did you live in guatemala um i lived there in 96 1996 mm-hmm. like right at the end of the civil war good a really safe and uh good time to be and uh <laughs> there was there were some moments where i was just like i have no business being here <laughs> like if any of my children now were like, Mom, we're going to go to pick a ravaged country, I'd be like, maybe not. But my mom didn't know. So what, was, was, what was the choice? How was the decision made that you went to it, Guatemala? It like, I, had, I had $400, and that's how much the plane ticket cost. This is the dawning era of the Internet. Not everybody had it. Yeah, so right. there wasn't it was yeah, it wasn't like I could do a whole lot of research, but this the school that I had found mm-hmm. um the there was a a professor that was in I think they were in New Orleans at some point. And so that's kind of how I'd gotten the name of the of the school. And the school was actually um they taught Mayan languages as well as Spanish, and they also taught people how to read glyphs. Ooh. Like so so there was a lot of like professor types that would end up there. And then a whole lot of people who were just like, I just came here to learn Spanish. <laughs> a really bizarre, like a, a, not a bizarre, but just a really eclectic group of people at the school. Mm-hmm. And and the the people who ran the school, a lot of them had they'd been gorillas. Like they and like my teacher, you know, she'd seen her village burned and her family killed and and it, and she would still giggle about boys. I'm like, how do you like this is like <laughs> but no, it was really it was such an interesting experience though because but that was where I first like cause the switch happened because there wasn't any English to fall back on. Mm. It, was, it was all Spanish all the time. And then when you'd meet, you'd see English speakers, like you'd obviously that is a Western person. I will go speak to them. Um, <laughs> and suddenly like your best friends. 
but um, th- there weren't there weren't that many of them. So and then and sometimes when you did see a Western person, suddenly you'd say, hey, and, you know, they're like, hello. And you're like, oh, you're not from America. OK, <laughs> you are from a country where they don't even speak English. Good to know. <laughs> when, when did the switch happen for you? I was getting robbed at the airport. That'll do it. Yeah, I was getting robbed at the airport. Someone tried to grab my backpack off me and mm-hmm. I yelled, help. Mm-hmm. And nobody was doing anything. And it occurred to me, I, they didn't understand me. So then I started yelling, Ayudame, Ayudame. And when the police ca- person came over, he was talking in Spanish. I'm, you know, telling him what's happened. And it was like this moment afterwards. And I was like, that whole thing was done in the foreign language. I never once went to English because I think mm. in the adrenaline, it, it wasn't, it wasn't important to me. You know, that wasn't, right. that wasn't where I was accessing things. There are still moments when it, when that has happened, like when that total switchover happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes, especially now, since I don't really have a whole lot of Spanish people to practice with, that, 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 uh, that changeover is not as quick as it once was. Well, that's really interesting because on one hand, what a horrible thing that happened to you. But on the other hand, if you could monetize robbing people and calling it a language school. Right? Like, you know, it's a, I've, you've seen that thing on the internet that has, like, people just scare somebody and they, they chase after them for fitness. Right. Yeah. Like, you just do something like that in your classroom. Like, but I had had, I had, had a, um, I had been at a conference before I'd ever went. And I was telling this, this professor that I was really anxious about this trip because of, and he said, once you have to, cho- once you have to figure out what you're going to eat and the only way you can get food is to be in that language, you'll figure it out real quick. Mm. And I was like, that is a true statement. That is a very true statement. That um, is very true. Because even in Japan, you know, I don't, I don't speak Japanese, but the words I do now are all centered around getting Food, bathroom, on a train, <laughs> like things that are important to me. Oh, I was going to say, I have some foreign language friends, you know, they're teachers, whatever. And we talk about like the purpose of learning a foreign language. And um, I was, you know, it's the, the college idea of, you know, we have to teach the children the, the classics and all this. I'm like, nobody ever decided to speak Spanish because they wanted to read Don Quixote in the original Spanish. <laughs> nobody, nobody did that. <laughs> But they sure as heck wanted to know how to order the best margarita when they're in Cancun. Wait, what? Ordering a margarita is not in Don Quixote? Yeah, funny enough, he never <laughs> once ordered a margarita. He probably would have had a whole different ending to the book. So as, as someone who doesn't natively speak Spanish, but you teach Spanish uh, as, a, as a foreign language to what age group? So when I was teaching Spanish, it was high school. I've, I've done like the K, you know, the pre-K for, um, with the little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those teachers should get paid way more, way, way more than anybody else. Cause that's, that's a hard task, but high school kids. Um, mm-hmm. So the kids I get are, you know, again, these aren't, they're not native speakers. They're, they're just, they, they speak English or whatever. And they're taking Spanish for the first time when they would get to me. Right. Um, that was always, it's always a lot of fun because Spanish one is my favorite thing to teach. It's mm-hmm. absolute favorite because your whole purpose of that class is to get kids to fall in love with the language and to want to study it. Mm. 
because if they don't want to study it or if they think it's too hard or if they think it's not applicable to their life, they're not going, they're not going to internalize it. It'll be, it'll be like every other person, you know, when you say things like, Oh, I'm a Spanish teacher. And they go, Oh, I took Spanish in high school. I don't remember anything. Cause right. it, it wasn't, it wasn't learned in context. It wasn't learned with, this is actually something that could be of use to you later. So. But did you ever get a student that was so good at Spanish that you were kind of like, maybe I'm not at the level that they need well, there's always, you always get like the native speakers. And then I'm always like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, okay. All right. Put on, put on my big girl hat and, and let's, let's do this. Um, but for the most part, you know, Spanish one is, you know, if somebody was really that good in Spanish, they would, all, they would put them in Spanish too. But even, mm-hmm. even native speakers, like that's the whole thing about native speakers in a, in a foreign language class. They don't necessarily, they're not promised an A. Because especially if you've only learned a language orally and mm. you haven't done the grammar, the syntax, all of that is going to be new. It's just like not everybody who takes, who speaks English in English class gets an A. Yeah, that's you're true. learning about your language. So I remember friends in university who were native Japanese speakers mm-hmm. and they would try to pass it off like they weren't native <laughs> Japanese speakers so that they could get this easy class and get an easy A. <laughs> And a couple of them got called out and got kicked out. Oh, wow. And so I thought that was really interesting. Right. <laughs> and, and two, I just thought it was really funny that the, that the teachers never picked up on it. I think that, well, or if the teachers did, they chose not to do anything about it. True. I think, and I think that foreign language education has changed so, so much from like when I took it in high school. Mm. You know, when I took it in high school, it was a whole lot of rote memorization of vocabulary. Right. You know, just and writing words like ten times each and you know, that that doesn't that doesn't help. It it helps for the short term. And even now when I when I encounter especially older foreign language teachers and that's what they're doing, you're just like, You are not up to date on how this whole language acquisition thing works. because um, if you think that if a normal person uses about ten thousand words Mm-hmm. ever like 10,000 words. So yet yeah, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw 500 words at you in like three weeks. There's no way kids aren't going to, they're not going to learn that. So you give them like five words and then also the whole, you know, for, especially for the romance languages. Okay. Now we're going to do verb conjugations and we're going to conjugate all the verbs all the time. Why do that? Why are you doing that? That makes no, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to do that. But if you teach language in context, in the context of conversation, in the context of communication, that is when students internalize it and you make mm-hmm. it make it real to them um, and in constant that constant repetition so if you just take you know okay we're going to focus on like 10 words and you focus on those 10 words for the next two weeks once they have those 10 words those 10 words are there you know you don't have to keep going back and oh we forgot that okay let's write those another 10 times each we'll do that that's silly that's just silly when you have a kid that's struggling why is it that they're struggling in your opinion I think a lot of it has to do with if you're, you know, language acquisition, for example, like babies, mm-hmm. when, when little babies are learning how to speak, mom doesn't just talk to them every other day for 90 minutes, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like baby, 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 and then puts baby in a corner 
but nobody puts baby in the corner, but puts baby in the corner and then doesn't talk to the baby for a whole day and then come back to it. That's not how you learn a language. Right. So students that are struggling in foreign language class, often it's because you're not engaged in that language as much mm. as you need to be. That, mm. There's a reason why everybody talks about, oh, you know, I really understood my language when I went to a place where they only spoke that language, right? Mm. You, were, you were totally immersed in that language. That's how you learn to speak your negative language because you were entirely immersed in it. So when students are struggling, it's often because, you know, if, if they only are hearing it in your class for 90 minutes every other day or 50 minutes a day, and if one of those days you don't actually speak to them in the language, they, they're not, they're not going to get it. You know, unless you have, you know, there's, there's people that are gifted in languages. God bless them. You know, my, my son is one of them. I'm but most, that is an odd, he's an oddity. Now, when you decided you wanted to be a teacher, was it because you were inspired by other teachers in your life or was there any particular? In a way, um, school sucks. And so I had, I had some teachers that I looked at as they were super awesome and they were amazing human beings. Mm-hmm. And I almost looked at them like they were superheroes because right. they were able to do, they were able to make me feel like I was important. But mm-hmm. most of the teachers I, I had sucked. They were awful. And mm-hmm. I, it was, it's a competitive thing. It's like, I can do this better than you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think really me being a, a good educator really has more to do with me going, Oh, that person sucks. I'm going to be way better than them. I think that me becoming a teacher and it didn't have to do like, I know people who are like, I just loved my foreign language so much. I loved French so much. I wanted to tell everybody about French. I'm like, Nope, it was not. It was not that that whole Spanish thing was like, Oh, well, look at that. I have a degree in Spanish now. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to teach that to people. But do you think learning Spanish changed your personality in any way? That is actually a really interesting question. I don't know if it changed my personality, but I think it definitely let me explore things that I would not have, I wouldn't have known about. Like, and when we're talking about Hispanic novels, you know, like reading about like Colombian surrealism, Mm -hmm. I I would have never picked up a book by Gabriel Garcia Marquez before. Like, why would I have done that? I'm not that cool. But now that I've done it, and I've read these books. I'm like, oh, that's that's some cool stuff. And then the other part of that is when you read that, like, and, and now I'm like one of those pretentious people that I only read Gabriel Garcia Marquez in, in Spanish. <laughs> but part of that's because it doesn't trans. Something just don't translate the same. So that's I'm I I am that pretentious. What kind of what words do you feel like you could just look to your daughter and say them in Spanish because you're like English just won't cut it. Oh, oh, this is the perfect example has to do with, with boys. Okay. So if I, in, in English, so in Spanish, if I said, oh, you know, that boy is muy rico. Like that could be like, you could look at it and go, oh, like he's, he's rich, right? That's rico rich, right? But it's, it's like rich, like a cake. Like you want to eat that cake. Like it's so good, right? But in English, if I said it like that, it sounds like, Oh, that's, that's kind of creepy. That's a little creepy, right? But in Spanish, no, that's like, Zonico, yeah, of course he is. Look at it, you know? <laughs> Look at that. Of course you, you know, hello, hello. But yeah, in English, it would not, you couldn't do it. You just, that concept doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. That is one of the things that is definitely 
a a translation issue. And vice versa. Is there anything in English that you're just like, oh, I'm not even going to try in Spanish because... I can't think of anything like it would just take it takes you longer I think because Spanish there's a lot of specificity in Spanish like when you're saying things you're being very specific about things mm-hmm. and English tends to be more general in so in it's more words. contextual right so, well, like like simple words like okay so like you're my girlfriend you're my friend who's a girl yeah okay so the word for that in Spanish would be, you know, amiga, which by its nature, you are my friend who is a girl. It's not r- romantic. It's platonic. But if right. I said you're my novia, right away, everybody knows. This person here is, we have a romantic relationship. They are female. We're done. We don't have to do any more explanation of that. So that, that specificity um, definitely is, it, it, I, it, that's an easier thing in Spanish than in English. Have you talked to, what's the difference when you talk to, say, someone who is a European Spanish speaker? You mean if they're from from Barcelona? With the, yeah. the, the have that yeah. little, that th, that th part to it? Um, the, yeah. the letter pronunciation. But they have a different, like, their slang, their cadence, those things are all different. That's, like, one of my pet peeves of foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, within my foreign language, slang not all Spanish is the same. Mm-hmm. So the Spanish you hear in Puerto Rico is not the, it's yeah, the, the basic, basic language is there, but it's not, it's sort of like if you, when you go to, you know, England to America, there are certain mm-hmm. words and certain phrases and contexts that as an American listening to like a British person, you're like, I know those are English words. I know they are, but <laughs> I am, I have no idea what you're saying. Absolutely none. And then you like throw in slang. So like, um, I have a friend who's Puerto Rican and his family was here for a wedding and they kept using this word ostracizer. And I could not for the life of me figure out like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I'm sitting here like just perplexed. And I finally, I was like, what are they talking about? He's like, the ostracizer. I was like, what's that? He's like a blender. I was like, that's not the word for blender. And he starts laughing. He's like, no, it's the brand name. Like, the ostracizer. Ostracizer because the ostracizer is a brand of blender. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. And so I kept thinking of like, are they ostracizing the fruits? I don't is this a recipe? Like I could not come up with context for this at all. And through the whole thing. Not only are these fruits separated from their skins, they are sad about it. Yeah, they are. They are put to the side. They, we don't even look at those fruits. We're like, don't shame them. Shame, shame on that grape. Shame on it. Like, and then again, I feel because again, looking at me, people don't look at me and go, "Oh, that's somebody who's probably speaks Spanish." Right. <laughs> that <laughs> already at the table. I was already the blanquita at the table anyway. <laughs> And so at one point, when my friend was like, he was like trying to tell them that I speak Spanish, like, don't, don't tell them, because I'm just going to sound stupid for the rest of the night, because I have no idea what's happening, to the point that when they, so finally they came out, you know, they did speak Spanish, and the mm-hmm. mom in it, basically, she's like, why isn't your Spanish better? And I was like, because you're using words I don't know. <laughs> No concept here. And so when she left, she's like, you better practice your Spanish because when I come back, 
gonna have a conversation. <laughs> she just threatened me. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I'm really good at talking about guerrilla combat. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to know? Aren't you looking at the socioeconomic civil war within Latin America? I can't do that for days. Days. But if you want to talk about health shakes and blenders, I'm lost. Cannot do it. I mean, no. Because in Gorilla Town, ostracizer has a very different meaning. Would you like to talk about the fall of the Roman Empire and the impact that had? Western society, let's have that conversation. But I cannot talk to you about these shamed fruits. Just can't do it. Can't do it. Um, so, alas, those are my shortcomings. As a uh, I got offered the position to teach <coughs> Japanese at my high school when my when my Japanese teacher retired. Oh wow. Did you think about doing that? No, my friend said, well, who's going to want to learn Japanese from a white blonde lady? <laughs> right? I'm not saying white blonde ladies can't do it. I'm just saying the motivation is not there. Well, you, there's the credibility thing that you already have to, like, overcome, right? Yeah. Just think, like, seriously, I am... I would seriously consider marrying somebody with a Latin surname just to like give myself some street cred. Like, I know, I know people that lie about their last name on job interviews. Yeah. I've actually been passed over for jobs because I wasn't, I didn't have that surname. Um, really? You didn't yeah. say, I'm sorry. It's pronounced min say. <laughs> right? I'm sorry. It's uh, that's a, uh, that's actually my parents were immigrants. Uh, no, I did not. And and the worst part is, especially like in Arkansas, like there was one job and I really thought I had the job. I, I thought I interviewed well. And then when he called and said, the principal called and said, no, we're going to go with, and then they said this other teacher. And I knew that person. I also knew that person was not a certified Spanish educator. Interesting. Okay, so they had a degree, mm-hmm. but they were not, they didn't, they didn't have a degree in how to teach a foreign language. So that person lasted for about three months. Mm-hmm. And they they were awful at it because just knowing a foreign language doesn't mean you can teach a foreign language. Absolutely, that's correct. And so, and it was three months later, and that principal called me, and he's like, "So, have you found a position for this year?" I'm like, "Yes, I have. Thank you very much." And but that's really common because people will. And then, like when I was in teaching in Texas for a little while, uh, that was like a big thing because it was hard to find a teacher who could pass the the state test. And there was all these people saying, oh, I know, I know native Spanish speakers who can't pass this test. Mm-hmm. And it was, when you take the test, you, I realized, oh, why? Because that test was, it was, there was the Spanish part of it, but there's also the education, the teaching part of it. And if you didn't know that part, then you couldn't pass that test. But right. if you can't pass that part of the test, you probably shouldn't be teaching the foreign language because again, Knowing how to do something and being able to teach it are two entirely different things. And, and being a qualified teacher such as yourself, what is your opinion on, I, I was talking to someone and they were like, ah, oh, well, you know, the older you are, the less likely you are to learn a, another language. I think it is, it's more difficult when you're older <laughs> to pick up a foreign language. It's not impossible. 
Because if that was the case, you wouldn't see so many expats living in foreign countries, right? Again, if you need to know that language to pay your bills, you figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, there. yeah, obviously, there's. it's harder to make some of those pathways for your brain. It is more difficult, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible at all because our brains are designed to learn new information. You just have to figure out how to learn that new information. But again, giving somebody a hundred vocabulary words and saying, okay, learn all these words. They're not going to, when I learned, when I went to Japan, I didn't speak Japanese. (laughs) When my ex had said, we're moving to Japan. I'm like, you mean in Asia? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I don't speak Japanese. I can't, I can't do this. So, uh, but I bought like one of those, like how to learn a foreign language, you know, learn Japanese CDs. And right. the very first phrase was, speak English. I was like, I don't have to learn anything else. Because <laughs> I will ask this question. And if they respond in a negative fashion, we're done. That conversation, you cannot go anyplace else. But if they respond with, yes, great, let's do this. Or if they say, you know, like, Scotia or Little, I was like, my charade skills are up to task. Let's do this. <laughs> that said, even though you said you didn't have to learn Japanese, you did have to learn what they meant when they spoke the English they did. <laughs> How long did that process take? This is a linguistic thing because I sometimes forget because I am so good at understanding non-native English. I'm a yoga master at my flexibility and being able to bend language into a sentence that makes sense. I think I have, it did, for, well, you have to, like, I think it was probably within that first week, because we were there one week and, you know, my daughter and I, we were already on the train going to Hello Kitty land, because I'm like, we're here, we got to figure this out. But accents have never been something that, like, I don't know, they didn't, hearing them Mm-hmm. It's always something that I'm usually pretty good at, at deciphering, right? Right. And um, so it took me a minute to figure out where the inflections are the way in the way Japanese people try to say English mm-hmm. and when they'll throw in, you know, Japanese words. That part wasn't as hard. For me, it was the trying to get them to understand what I was saying. If, if they, would, they would say something in English, I would think, oh, they understand English. So I would say the question in English, how, how English sounds to me and realize that's not how English sounds to them. So you would have to change your inflections to match theirs, which again, always makes you sound like you're trying to be racist. I'm like, I'm not trying to be racist. I'm trying to like, we need to, we need to understand one another. The McDonald's. 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 Instead of just saying McDonald's. So you would think it should just be McDonald's. The sign says McDonald's. But when I would ask somebody how to, where is the McDonald's? It, if I just said McDonald's doko deska, then I got nothing. But if McDonald's doko deska, then they're like, ah, oh, then they're going to show you. I realized that it sounded like I was trying, I was making fun of you the way you sound, but I was really actually saying that English word as you as a Japanese person would say. Did you ever hear, you know, Starbucks? Yeah. Do you know what they shortened it to? Staba. We're going to Staba somebody? Oh, well, okay. I mean, I don't know what they did to you, but you're my friend. So blood in, blood out. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two more questions here. Okay. What language do people speak in heaven? Uh, do, I, do, they, do they speak 
in heaven? Like, I, I would think that they speak in whatever your head is speaking. Okay. Uh, it, it's got to be like Star Trek, universal translation, or like, you know, like the TARDIS. Every, you're, you, they, they're speaking what they speak, and you hear it with whatever you're most comfortable with, which could change at the moment, right? Because if you're like, out, if I'm out salsa dancing, mm-hmm. everyone in heaven's going to be speaking Spanish. But if we're getting sushi, I'm not going to have any idea what I've ordered, and I'm just going to pick something on the menu. You like it's an authentic experience. The reason I ask everyone this question because uh, I met someone really religious who was from Costa Rica, and we were just talking about spiritual things. And then I just thought, well, what language? What language do people speak in heaven? And she just looked at me like I was the dumbest person on earth. I'm like, Spanish, of course. And then went on with her day. Then there's a pretty good chunk of people in heaven that have absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> but I love the way she said it. Like she'd gone there, came back, and she's like, look, I've got the stamp in my passport. I've been to heaven. So far, everyone that I have interviewed has been very tentative about the possible <laughs> languages. Right? I'm, I- wanting, I'm just waiting to see if anyone is just as adamant. That it's English. English, but not right. just English. It's Southern English. So they're all, hey, y'all. Y'all come up, come over here. We're going to have sweet tea. Come on. Now, wait, wait, wait. Is that heaven or hell? The sweet tea is really good. So that might be heaven. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> what do people speak in hell? What do you think? Uh, everybody speaks a different language in hell. That is hell. That is, that is, you are perpetually trying, like, and you have a task to do, but like everybody speaks a different language. And nobody is willing to compromise on it. Like, nobody. <laughs> so it's like driving in certain countries with no rules. Right. <laughs> at least in some countries, there's, like, guidelines. Because at least here in Bahrain, you know, there's a guideline. <laughs> you you should slow down there. But no, it's just, like, they're like, okay, you've got to move this thing from there and then create, like, you know, five boxes and everybody speaks a different language, and nobody's willing to, like, like, you're trying to show them, and they're just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> Yeah, that's... <laughs> I think I've been there. I knew a lady who used to say something about dying at school or something, or going to prison, and she's like, no, because then they'll just make you teach there, too. <laughs> So, yeah, so purgatory is probably just like the worst class I've ever had. Like, it's just an eternity of the worst class I've ever had. Oh, that's fantastic. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this, Kat. You're amazing. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's it's such a pleasure to have you on. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have you on again. Fabulous. I look forward to it. Talk soon. Bye.